0: Hi, Hi, everyone. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Sarah. And this is Dead Time Stories, a weekly podcast where Sarah and I get together to talk about ghost stories, true crime, mysteries, cults, conspiracies, the supernatural, paranormal, or just the generally weird, eerie, spooky, strange stuff that we want to talk about that week. Why is that, Sarah? That's because it's our show.
1: And not
0: yours. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, stop, stop, go back, start from the beginning, grumble-thorped in my mouth a little bit. Just a little just bit. Just a little bit. Just Wait. a
1: little bit. Just a, just a little, little
0: bit. bit. Mm-mm. a little bit. A little bit Yeah, so do that. Go back to the beginning. Go Thank back you. to the beginning. If this is not your first time here, welcome back. Or if you did what I'm telling you, stop. If you do that and you stop, you go back, you go from the beginning. Welcome back.
1: Yeah, which this will obviously have been your like 25th time to hear us give the spiel and you're probably over it at this point, but I haven't got any hate emails about it. It's so not your, we're not going to not stop. It's
0: not your 25th. I mean, it's certainly at least your hundredth, right? You think we've been doing that for a hundred episodes? I think so. I feel like- for, Well, this
1: is episode 220. 220. 220. I which feel crazy. Like we started
0: by 110 by doing that.
1: You think? I don't know. Someone tell us. You've
0: been listening from the beginning. <laughs> Who
1: runs our wiki? Tell page? me. Just kidding. We don't have one. We don't have one, which is unfortunate. I'm not doing that. We it's don't hard have the enough budget. to budget. It's up not the in website. the budget. No, not at all. It's not yet. So if you want to be a Patreon subscriber, if you, you want can to help, help with that budget, to our budget. yeah, <laughs> you can subscribe to our Patreon right out the gate. Give us your money. Give us your money. Give us your goddamn money. Just kidding. No, but we—if uh, yes, you're here, thank called. you. We do give you content. We sometimes ask for your money. Yeah, man, inflation's no joke. We live in America, <sighs> y'all. Our rights are being taken away, and so is our money. <sighs> so is our money. every day. Every day, our American dollars. Ooh, all right, so we're starting out with the scary stuff. Starting strong. Real sp- scary. <laughs> spooky. Spooky right poopin'. Out the gate. Spooky poopin' at the poopin' hole. In the
0: ghost toilet. The haunted I house. I don't know the context of that audio, but man, have I heard it so many times on on
1: the TikTok sp- and Instagram? Spooky poopin' spooky or the poopin'. piggy dippin'. Because I know the context of the piggy dippin'. No,
0: spooky poopin'.
1: Oh, so it starts with... it's um. I think it's either a dog or a cat, but it's a woman like talking about their animal who like sticks their paw in their water and Mm -hmm. they call it piggy dipping, piggy dipping at the piggy pond. Gonna Mm. dip those into the piggy hose into the piggy pond, Mm. And it's just silly and it blew up. And so, uh, now it's come become other things, like Spooky yeah, Poopin'. I don't yeah. know, yeah. Piggy dipping, Piggy dipping at the Piggy Pond.
0: I don't know if, like, every place has a haunted stall or something, and so many people have just latched onto that sound. Like, yeah, I also have a haunted stall. What's yeah, it's your like, haunted spooky stall? like, No, I do, I'm saying the people oh. who use that sound repeatedly. Spooky Poopin' in the stall. ghost toilet. And I'm like, where's the ghost
1: toilet? That would be the worst, because the toilet is not where you want to be, like, tense, you want to be relaxed for Spooky Poopin'. Spooky Poopin' is Where clenching. does the phrase scare
0: the shit out of you come from, if not from the ghost toilet? Well,
1: when you die, you evacuate your bowels. Yeah, so that's if, they when scare you the die. if they scare you, you to you, death,
0: they also they scare, scare the, the shit, shit out, out of you. you at the same time. <laughs> maybe not at the same time. Maybe five minutes later, I guess. I don't know. How, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know how like immediate it is your heart stops, your bowels drop. With Snoopy, it was pretty. He pooped a little bit. Of course he did.
1: I know. It was just so fitting. You pooped a little bit
0: when you gave birth to him.
1: (laughs) I did. That's the thing that happens. Don't tell me. Don't tell me that that I didn't. Don't tell me I didn't give birth to that baby. Sometimes people poop when they give birth. Sometimes people poop. It's very normal. Period. Sometimes people poop period. I might have pooped right now.
0: Sometimes people poop period poops. Period (laughs) poops are the worst. worst.
1: (laughs) Where is this banter? What's happening? Man, we have a pool to get to. Wrap it up. No banter, only pool. All right. So this week I got <laughs> <laughs> No banter only no pool. No banter only pool. Yeah, Mary Angela
0: set up her pool, her little kitty pool in the backyard.
1: And we got T minus like an hour
0: and, and we an got hour. to hang out in there a little bit. And it was funny cuz Sarah told me last weekend, like maybe Mary Angela put the pool up. Sarah texted me last night, and she was like, "The pool is going to be up." I talked to her. Mary Angela texted me today. She's like, "FYI, the pool is up." (laughs) The pool. I was like, "Yes, I hear about the pool." So I was like, "I gotta finish my my research. Like, I gotta make sure I know what I'm talking about this week and be ready for it. And if I finish like getting everything ready, then I'll come get in the pool." And I was early enough that I was like, "All right." And then I came over here, and I got a text from Sarah after I was already here, and Sarah's like, "What's your ETA to Mary Angela?" <laughs> and i was like oh girl i i'm already here we're having pool time
1: <laughs> i was like oh i am on my way
0: uh, omw um, like uh,
1: on my way for the pool so all ooh. that to say uh we gotta get to work on this episode because we got a pool to get back to i meant
0: to answer your questions about nope before we started recording oh,
1: we'll do it in between
0: i will say y'all i saw nope this week with christina it was pretty good I so give is it-, it
1: a yes from you to see nope? A yes. A yeah from Nope. A yeah for
0: Nope. A yeah for Nope. <laughs> yeah for nope. All right. Um I need to start, like, I don't know if I rate movies, but I'd give it a solid three out of five. Okay. Like, it's not the best movie I've ever seen. It's not my favorite Jordan Peele movie, but sure. it's definitely worth a watch, and I would watch it again. It was a good time, and okay. I, have, I have all sorts of questions, but I will not them out here and give you spoilers if you're interested in seeing it you should see it i probably wouldn't do an i seen it, of it. i was
1: gonna say if you want to hear about it tune into our patreon um, yeah and never the, mind.
0: the only reason i'm gonna say that is because i feel like it's primarily it's very visual so it's not really like a cerebral like this is scary like i don't know if you describing really to it to you it. right yeah. would be as as interesting as got watching it. it yeah um But that being said, if you're on the fence about it, uh, you should see it. It's pretty good. All right. I enjoyed it.
1: Okay. All right. All right. (laughs)
0: right. But when we are not recording, because Sarah has questions about it, and I do want to answer those questions, but I don't want to answer them on the podcast. Not right now. Sorry. Give spoilers to to people who want to see
1: it. Not talking about it. Nope. But that's it. Nope. Nope.
0: Hey Sarah. Hey, Stephanie. Hey, Leslie. Y'all,
1: Y'all ready, ready
0: to talk, talk about, about some ghosts?
1: Y'all ready to talk about some ghosts. Stephanie, are you talking about some ghosts this so week? So I'm not
0: talking about ghosts this week. Well, gosh, darn it. Um, but weird ways to become ghosts. I'm talking, oh, about, you're talking about death? I'm talking about strange deaths.
1: You talking about that Spike TV show?
0: No, I am not talking about that Spike TV show, A Thousand Ways to Die or whatever. No. Uh, So this was inspired by, I told you that recently I rewatched Six Feet Under. Um, Mm -hmm. That's a show, I mean, I own it on DVD, um, but I've probably rewatched it a good like four or five times. It's a very good show. It's got a good rewatch. Best thing I will say about Six Feet Under to anyone as an avid TV person is is that of all the shows I have ever watched, I think Six Feet Under has the best series finale. Yes. The most satisfying ending to any show I've ever watched. And, you know, it has its whole, like, the show has its holes. The second, like, like the second half of season three and, like, all of season four are, like, boo. But season five brings it back around, and then the finale is really good. It's not Lost. It's, like, the opposite feeling that you have from watching Lost. But if you're not familiar with Six Feet Under, it is a show about a family that runs a funeral home. It was on HBO from like 2001 to 2005. Uh, Michael C. Hall, who then went on to be on Dexter, is one mm-hmm. of the main people on it. Frances Conroy, she does a lot of uh, American Horror Story. She's the mom. Great show. But every episode of the show opens with someone dying. So that's every single episode opens with a death. And then that death is going to be like one of the funerals that they're handling at the funeral home like that week. So mm-hmm. that's how it plays into the show.
1: Yeah. Some of the deaths are, are pretty... they based on real deaths.
0: I mean, most of them are, yes and no. I mean, most of them are pretty, like, sometimes it's just this person dropped dead of a heart attack, or sure. somebody was allergic to bees and got stung by a bee. There was an episode that opened with, um, there was, like, a gay bashing, is how somebody died, so that episode was really focused on, Oof, like, yeah. David, which David is Michael C. Hall, like, his, his, his character, character is gay, right, and him kind of reeling with like dealing with that death and that and in his work some of the deaths though are pretty wacky my favorite is there is <laughs> like there's like a porn award show coming up and these guys are filling a truck with blow-up dolls and they're filling the blow-up dolls with helium okay that they're going to release at the avn which is like the american
1: so that they float
0: so they float right So, they've got this truck full of of blow-up dolls, right, with helium in them. Okay. So, you're like, where is this going? There is a lady who's a few blocks away who is super Christian, and she's got this bumper sticker that says, I break for the rapture. And she's in her car, and she's listening to the Jesus radio. And something oh happens God, with the truck where like story? the dolls come loose and they start floating up oh, into the sky stop. and the lady in her she car sees them the and thinks it's the rapture.
1: Nah. Yes. <laughs> so what does she do? She gets
0: out of her car and runs out into the street and she gets hit by a car. But she's like running out in the street because she's like running to like, take me with take you. Me, yes.
1: Oh, don't take me, Jesus. That's my
0: favorite death on the show. Um, But one of the deaths that is also very memorable that I had to look up because I was like, is it a real thing? And the answer is yes. So in the season finale of season three, um, there are multiple deaths. They're very busy that week at the cemetery. (laughs) But the very first death that they show you is a woman uh, dying after being hit by blue ice. Have
1: you ever heard of blue ice? I have not. What is that?
0: So blue ice, it is a very real thing. So this is the segue. We're coming away from six feet under. This is how I heard of it. And yes, it's real because you're like, is this based on real things? Okay. Blue ice is a term used in the context of aviation. So in planes, it's frozen sewage material that leaks mid-flight from a commercial aircraft lavatory, the mixture of the human bio waste and the liquid disinfectant, you know, that blue toilet water when you're on an airplane, it freezes because of the high altitude. So a small drip... Will accumulate like a stalactite, or is a stalagmite, whichever one. It's a tight because
1: it's holding tight to the ceiling, so
0: it forms like a like a stalactite as it drips. And if it forms a big enough piece, it will fall off of the plane, and it can hit stuff and do tremendous damage.
1: You can die from frozen poop falling from the sky. Yes, that this is my new nightmare. It's this is my new nightmare. Clearly not a thing that happens
0: often, but it is a real thing.
1: I'm terrified. Mm-hmm. How do I prevent how do I prevent poop <laughs> fires? How do I prevent poop ice falling from the sky? So and the
0: name obviously comes from the blue color of the disinfectant. Airlines are not allowed to dump their waste mid flight, and so it's not and it doesn't usually happen from that. It usually happens from a leak.
1: From the sheer, yeah. From a leak that makes a slow drip. Yes. Pilots Uh, have
0: no mechanism to release mid flight. Like they're not able to release it. So it only happens by accident. However, leaks do occur from a plane's septic tank.
1: How many people have died from this? (laughs) Too many. (laughs) The
0: answer is too many. So these are not all impacts where somebody died, but. There are at least 27 documented incidents of blue ice impacts in the United States between 1979 and 2003. These incidents typically happen under airport landing paths as the mass warms sufficiently as it starts to come down. Okay, so don't live
1: near an airport. And
0: detaches from the plane during its
1: descent. Don't live near an airport.
0: A rare incident of falling blue ice causing damage to the roof of a home was reported on October 20th in 2006 in Chino, California. Ain't that a load of shit. A similar incident, <laughs> literally, <laughs> was reported in Leicester, uh, UK, in 2007. In 1971, a chunk of ice from an aircraft tore a large hole in the roof of the Essex Street Chapel in Kensington, London, and was one trigger for the demolition of the building. Like, they had to take the whole goddamn building down. Wow. In November of 2011, a chunk of ice the size of an orange broke through the roof of a private house in rattingen hosel Germany. In February 2013, a football-sized ball of blue ice smashed through a conservatory roof in Clanfield, Hampshire, causing around 10,000 pounds worth of damage. Oh my gosh! That's so big! In... October of 2016, a chunk of ice tore a hole in a private house in Amstelveen in the Netherlands. In two incidents in May 2018, chunks of blue ice fell onto residence in Colonia, uh, British Columbia. And in November of 2018- Did they survive? Uh, it fell onto like the- res. I'm assuming it means like the house. Oh, the house. The, like residence, the residence. Not yeah. the residence. Yes. In November of 2018, a chunk of ice fell from the sky and crashed through the roof of a home in Bristol, England. Blue ice can also be dangerous to the aircraft itself. The National Transportation Safety Board has recorded three very similar incidents where waste from lavatories caused damage to the leaking aircraft, all involving fucking Boeing's 727s. Mm, surprise. And all in cases waste from the leaking lavatory hit one of the engines. Mounted at the rear of the aircraft, causing a loss of power. Oh, that's big. The flights made safe emergency landings with the two remaining engines, but nobody was injured. Only one report specifically mentions ice, while another mentions soft body FOD, which is foreign object damage, indicating that the damage was caused by a relatively soft object like ice or a bird or a poop, not a metallic object or a stone like poop. So, Blue Ice became known to many people from the 2003 seri- uh, season three finale of the HBO television series Six Feet Under, in which a foot sized chunk drops on a woman, killing her. And it's set up because sometimes they do this on the show where, like, you think this one person's going to die with yeah, this other person. Else. Um, her husband is like, he's cleaning up a bathroom, like, in a gas station that they own, and he's got like, paper towels all over the floor and he's cleaning with his feet. So you kind of get the idea that he's going to like fall and break his neck and she's trying to hear him on the phone and she has really bad reception and she goes outside and she walks back and forth and she's staying there for a minute and you just see (gasps) her get Just smashed (gasps) by the blue ice out of nowhere. Awful. Yes. A similar incident occurs in the 1996 television series Early Edition episode Frostbite, when the main character saves a man from being crushed by a chunk of blue ice. It was also mentioned in the Big Bang Theory. This also happened in an episode of CSI New York. The title of the 1992 film Blue Ice is a reference to this phenomenon. Huh. The 2001 film Joe Dirt finds the title character, played by David Spade, proudly displaying a large chunk of blue ice, which he has mistaken for a meteorite. And the topic was also covered on the TV show Mansurs. They also did an episode on the TV series Mythbusters. Um, It has been featured on 1000 Ways to Die. But, you know, on Mythbusters, they're always like, is this a real thing that can happen? Uh, So the myth statement for that episode of Mythbusters, if the contents of an airplane toilet are jettisoned mid-flight, they can freeze into a solid mass capable of inflicting severe injury upon hitting the ground. Status? Status? confirmed
1: wow it's true oh so all one day you could just be living your life walking down the street everything's fine birds are chirping and then a plane takes a shit on your head and you wake up dead Yes. Carrie spoke with an airplane technician and learned
0: that although a flight pilot cannot dump the toilet mid-flight, the contents can leak out of certain valves and uh, leak out if certain valves and seals fail. The build team put together a section of a plane fuselage with a toilet outlet designed to suffer a slow or sudden leak as needed. Grant and Tory visited a NASA research center and placed the rig in a tunnel designed to replicate the high wind speeds and cold temperatures typical of airplane cruising altitudes. When the toilet was dumped all at once, the liquid quickly atomized in the wind, leaving only a thin film to freeze on the fuselage. However, a slow leak allowed the ice to build up into a large mass that did not break loose until the rig descended to 12,000 feet. Hmm. To determine the ability of such a chunk to survive a fall to Earth, Carrie and a skydiver flew up to that altitude, threw a 35-pound ice block out of the plane and jumped out after it. What? As Grant and Tori tracked it from the ground. The block did not suffer any significant melting or damage during the fall or impact, prompting the team to declare the myth confirmed, but unlikely due to the number of safeguards that would need to fail simultaneously to achieve the result.
1: To have the leak and have it build up long enough to be heavy it enough It has to, to fall. happen in
0: such a certain way to produce those results. Sure. But is it
1: possible and can it happen? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Well, okay. <laughs> I don't like it. There's shit falling from the sky.
0: But then that interest in the blue ice brought up... Oh, no. where to take you next? Just into more interesting, unusual deaths. Okay. Funny enough, there is an entire Wikipedia page that is just a list of unusual deaths... And it is so long that I will only be reading deaths from, like, the last 15 years. Okay. But, I mean, it has deaths back to, like, Aristotle. Like, it has, like, B.C. unusual deaths. And the person's name, when they died, and how they died, that was unusual. So, we're only going back to, not even 15 years. I'm only going to go back to 2010. We're going to do the 2010s. But these are some very real, documented instances of strange ways that people have died. Okay. In 2010, Morika Jenny Verncombe, who is 42, was struck in the head by a piece of metal pipe flung by a tractor-pulled lawnmower as she worked in Townville, Australia. So the lawnmower ran over a piece of pipe. And it flung it out and it, it hit flung her. flung it out and hit her in the head and she died.
1: Good Lord.
0: In August of 2010, Welsh mathematician and GCHQ spy Gareth Williams, 31, was found dead and naked in a bag that had been padlocked from the outside in the bath of his home in central London. The inquest found his death was likely criminal, although a Metropolitan Police investigation later found that it was likely an accident. I don't know if they believe. Sure,
1: someone accidentally tied him up and locked it and lost the key. Oopsie! I wonder
0: if it's like an autoerotic asphyxiation
1: thing. But then I'm like, why would he lock it? Why would it? I don't know. If it's locked from the outside and he's on the inside, he can't even be the one to lock
0: it. Mike Edwards, 62, a cellist and founding member of the band Electric Light Orchestra, died when a large, round bale of hay rolled down a hill and collided with the van he was driving. Oh. Jim Heseldon, 62, owner of Segway Inc., died after apparently riding a Segway personal transit system off of a cliff in Thorpe Arch, England. The coroner came to the conclusion that Heseldon had likely fallen from the cliff with the Segway after, quote, getting into difficulty reversing to allow a man walking his dog to pass him. That so the idea is that he was on like a path yeah. near a cliff. Yeah. And that he there was like a guy with a dog and he was like, whoop, and tried to like pull back. Pull back and like stop and rolled uh, down the hill and fell off the cliff. Uh, Uh, Yes, Uh, the owner of Segways died in a horrible Segway accident.
1: Well, I don't think I'll ever be getting on a Segway now, at least not near any cliffs. Jose Luis Ochoa, 35, died after being stabbed
0: in the leg at an illegal cockfight in Tulare County, California, by a bird with a knife-like spur strapped to his leg. Well, you know. He was at a cockfighting. Why? He was, I mean, yeah. He died a in a horrific cockfighting accident. He but sure he did. was at a but cockfight. He was at a
1: cockfight. So, you know,
0: yep. there are um, risks. Now, this, when it says an unnamed person, I was like, well, how is it verified? But there's always links, right? So I would follow the links. And this was from a real news story that was in Ottawa, okay? So this is a situation where the person was not named, but it's a real thing that happened, okay? An unnamed woman from Gatineau, Canada, 25, and an unnamed man from Ottawa were killed in an accident on a rural Quebec road when a, quote, flying bear collided with the SUV. What? The 200-kilogram bear, which is, we're Americans, so he's about 440 pounds. The uh, 200-kilogram, 440-pound black bear was sent airborne by a car in front of the SUV after it stepped out into the path of traffic on Highway 148.
1: So, another car hit so it, and, car sent hit it and sent it flying. one car hit it
0: and sent it flying. Now, they were also going opposite ways. So, the car that hit it was going this way. It flew into the air into the other lane, okay? Mm-hmm. Went through the windshield, oh. hitting the driver, the passenger, and the passenger in the back seat, and out the back windshield. What? What? The driver's boyfriend was in the front passenger seat and received injuries to his upper body, which were described as not life-threatening, but the two other people in the car died,
1: Oh and the
0: bear also died.
1: Well, yeah, the bear died. The bear, the bear died. www.doesthebeardie.com. Yes. yes. Yes.
0: Erica Marshall, 28, a British veterinarian in Acala, Florida, died when the horse she was treating in hyperbaric oxygen chamber kicked the wall releasing a spark from its horseshoe that caused a fire and an explosion. Oh,
1: my God.
0: The horse was also killed.
1: Www. Does the horse die the, die <laughs> dot com? Dot com, yes. Yes. <laughs> Anthony Hensley,
0: 37, was killed by a swan while kayaking across a pond at a residential complex in Deplaine, uh, Illinois.
1: What did she do to that
0: swan? After getting too close to the bird's nest. There it is. The swan attacked him threw him out of the kayak and prevented him drowned from surfacing him. Oh. and he ultimately drowned. The swan was not killed.
1: com. No. no. <laughs> Elizabeth Nass, 19,
0: Rosemare, 19, both died after more than 20 coal cars out of 90 from a CSX freight train derailed in Elliott City, Maryland. They were walking. They were only walking next to the train tracks. Um, Alongside the train tracks late at night, reports say that the two women were found buried under a pile of coal. Oh, my gosh. The derailment was possibly caused by a broken rail, according to NTSB. Ilda Vitor Maciel, 88, died in a hospital in Barra Mansa, Rio de Janeiro, allegedly after one of the nursing technicians injected soup. Into her, in, into her intravenous trip instead of her feeding tube
1: what you don't just accidentally mess that up put soup in somebody's blood yeah did she what happened to the nurse
0: I'm assuming she was fired
1: www. does, does the nurse the nurse die, still have die, a job.com do, no that no. nurse
0: does not still have a job when James Campbell 68 left his van to open his gate, his dog stepped on the van's gas pedal and ran him over. The dog did not die.
1: Tommy, <laughs> died.
0: Jeffrey Bush, 37, from Tampa area, Florida.
1: What if you were like, the dog was riddled with guilt and three months later committed
0: suicide? Oh no.
1: WWW. Does the
0: dog die? I'm going to tell you. Jeffrey Bush, 37, from Tampa, Florida, was killed while he slept in his bedroom when a giant sinkhole measuring 15 feet by 20 feet opened below him and swallowed his entire bedroom.
1: Fuck that.
0: His body was never recovered.
1: Fuck that! Is that called dying in your sleep? I don't. I hope he. I hope he was still asleep. I hope he never woke up. I, I have to tell you, when I was dead. reading this list
0: earlier, I was like, I don't ever want to leave my fucking house. Be, but, but and Disney even it doesn't it matter because then shit can happen in your house. Roger Muro. Why 20- are any of us alive? Let's was just... was crushed by a trash compactor while looking through a dumpster for his phone. <sighs> We've all been there. An unnamed Belarusian fisherman who is sixty bled to death after being bitten by a beaver, which he had tried to grab in order to take his picture
1: with it. Okay, well, that's on him, right? This one, forget the sinkhole in the bed. Oh no, I hate it. Never, don't tell me. Get
0: ready for this one. No, Joao Maria de Souza, forty-five, was crushed in his bed. By a cow falling through the roof of his home in Caratinga, Minas Gerais in the southeast of Brazil. It had climbed on top of the house from a steep hillside behind the house. The house was, like, set up next to a hill. Both the cow and de Souza's wife, who was in the bed next to him, were unharmed. dot com No
1: www.doestthewifedie.com No. No. This one, I... Did she work with the cow? Like, did they plan that? (laughs) Did she take out a life insurance policy on her husband? This
0: one, I had to read both articles because I was like, this cannot be real. This is real. Get ready. Denver Lee St. Clair, 58, was asphyxiated by an atomic wedgie administered by his stepson during a fight do you know what an atomic wedgie is where
1: they pull it up over your head yes
0: correct so a wedgie i'm like do i call this that everywhere across the world if you're not familiar i don't know what you call it in the uk but a wedgie is when you grab somebody's underwear and pull it up their butt crack right (laughs) that has it. it's called a wedgie
1: how did that kill him so stop
0: an atomic wedgie is when you pull somebody's underwear up so much that you pull it (laughs) over their face over their head
1: which is normally like it's not physically possible so, I guess because you could kill someone. So
0: after he had been knocked unconscious and the elastic band from his underwear tore and was pulled over his head and stretched around his neck and strangled him. That's how he died from the atomic wedgie. His stepson was sentenced to 30 years in prison. And, of course, he was, like, I mean, we were fighting. I was fighting him. But, like, I wasn't trying to kill him. I gave him a wedgie. He died, Sarah, from a horrible atomic wedgie accident. It's real. There were two news articles about it.
1: I can't. I shouldn't laugh. A man died. It's wild. But, like, he could have taken that the underwear off of him once he saw him being strangled It doesn't take, it's not like, oops, you're strangled, it happened so fast. It takes a little while. I don't know.
0: A Brazilian man, 52, only identified as J.R.N., attempted to commit bestiality with a female pig in Tapura Mato Grosso. Did the pig kill him? But was attacked by the animals and wounded in the genitals. He died from cardiac arrest His arms and face were also mutilated by the animals. Initially, police believed that the man was murdered and disposed of at the farm, but this was disproven as numerous pieces of evidence showed that the man drank alcohol, used a condom, and was wearing only underwear. The man had worked at the farm for two years. Which makes me be like, did he do that before? Yep. And then this time they just kill him?
1: Yep, because they were kind of tired of it. com. Yes. yes.
0: Christophe Marjorie, an oil executive, was killed when his corporate jet collided during takeoff with an airport snowplow reportedly driven by a drunk driver.
1: Oh, no.
0: I know. <laughs> I don't want to... This is where we're like, it's not really funny, but I'm just like... A drunk driver on a snowplow? That man
1: was just trying to make the best of his situation, that poor snowplow driver. In
0: 2014, Peng Fan, a chef in Foshan, China, was bitten by a cobra's severed head, which he had cut off 20 minutes earlier preparing soup. This is another one where I was like, I got to look into this because when I it said like
1: I've heard when this. it
0: said it bit him, I was like, do they mean he poked himself on the fang like reaching for something? No, it'll say like a snake's alive. head can stay alive for up to an hour after being decapitated. Yeah,
1: monsters. Monsters. And its head was still
0: alive and bit him and he fucking died. com? Yes.
1: yes. www.doesthesnakedie.com. Eventually. Eventually. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Afterwards. Yes. Yeah. After he gets his revenge. Yes. Stephen Winfrey, 50, became trapped and asphyxiated when rabbiting near Doncaster, England, after his head got stuck in a rabbit hole.
1: Don't put your head in the rabbit hole. There are too many stories like this
0: that I can't ever walk anywhere holding glass ever again. Because there are multiple stories. They fall stories. on it and they
1: kill themselves. Don't like it.
0: Charmaine Maxwell, a member of the American R&B group Brownstone, died after falling backward while holding a wine glass. Mm -mm. During the fall, the glass shattered on the ground behind her head and the shards pierced her neck, causing profuse bleeding. Stephen Wotak, 74, was decorating his family's grave plot at St. Joseph's Cemetery in Throop, Pennsylvania for Easter with his wife when the tombstone of his mother-in-law toppled over, pinning him underneath and crushing him to death.
1: Stop.
0: The stone had supposedly been dislodged when the previously frozen ground was thawed in the early spring temperatures. What did he do
1: to his mother-in-law that her vengeance... Right, I was like, she couldn't take him while she was alive? and She couldn't take him when she was dead.
0: Wojtak was buried in a plot directly in front of the tombstone that killed him. <laughs>
1: That place is probably haunted as hell.
0: Randy Lanes, 47, a fisherman from Kalioa, Kona, Hawaii, was killed by a swordfish. Lanis had harpooned the fish and jumped into the water to retrieve it, but the swordfish impaled him in the chest. Chelsea Ake Salvacion, 24, an employee of a beauty salon in Henderson, Nevada, was was suffocated while using a cryptotherapy machine at the wrong level, which eliminated the oxygen in the chamber. Ugh. Right? Fuck that. Fuck that all entirely. Of that,
1: all of that sounds awful.
0: Irma Buell, 29, an Indonesian degdut singer, was performing with live snakes and died during a concert after being bitten by a king cobra and refusing treatment. <laughs>
1: Not just she got bit, she was like... Mm. No, the show must go on. This I originally heard
0: about from Val because I, I was like, that's not a real thing. And Val's like, no, this really happens. Um, <laughs> Lottie Michelle Belk, 55, was fatally stabbed in the chest by a beach umbrella blown by a strong wind in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Wind speeds at the time reached up to 20 to 25 miles per hour. Which, for our uk followers which there's so many of you that's 32 to 40 kilometers an hour um yeah val is terrified of beach umbrellas Mm -hmm. because they told me that that happens and i was like that cannot happen and i looked it up and i could find at least three stories in the last 20 years of people being impaled by beach umbrellas i hate that yeah Val is like never um i remember when this happened do you remember um how the actor anton yelchin died yes i do Yes. So he was 27. He was an actor. Um, He was... Found in his driveway, he was pinned between his own car and a brick wall. Yep. His driveway was on an incline, and his car was found running and in neutral. The manufacturer had recalled the car make in April of 2016, which he died in June of 2016, um, for concerns about its gear shift design that it could cause rollaway incidents. But the software patch to repair the vehicle did not reach dealers until the week of Yelchin's death. Yeah,
1: that was a cry shame. Was, he was really yeah. talented. He was a good guy. He
0: was mm-hmm. cool. Um, we are almost done. <laughs> so much death, but there's just so many of them that I'm like, this is crazy. This one stands out to me because I'm like, really, this is the first time, but it's the first recorded time, which we've talked about that before, right? When it's like, is that the first time it happened in history? Sure, is it the or first time, is the first first wrote time it somebody down. proved it and wrote it down? Akbar Asulabiro was 25 when he was killed and swallowed. By a reticulated python in Indonesia. It is the first fully confirmed case of a snake swallowing an adult human. How tall was he? That's a good question. That I don't know. But... A second case happened the following year when another reticulated python killed and swallowed a woman in her garden.
1: So that Python was like, oh, we can do that now? <laughs> I heard it's been I heard confirmed. We can do it. Robert
0: Dreyer, 89, drowned after his car crashed into a fire hydrant and was then swallowed by a sinkhole created by the broken fire hydrant. And his car fell into it and then it filled and he drowned. I
1: hate that.
0: Deborah Bredard, 58, died after falling from a golf cart onto shards of a wine glass <laughs> that had broken in her hands in Calaveras County, California. I told you, there are at least, I want to say there are at least three of these, like, broken glass.
1: Always use a coaster and never walk around with glass in your hand.
0: You know what? I Most of my cups are plastic at this point in my life. I don't care. I'm an adult woman who uses plastic because I'm not trying to die like that. I can't do it. <laughs> Alexander Sasha Chechik of Lebinsk, Russia, sent his friend a photograph of a grenade with the pin pulled out while chatting on the Russian social media service VK Chechik died shortly after as the grenade in his hand exploded. exploded. Police ruled it an accident rather than a suicide. How goodness. Atif Rafiq, 24, died from cardiac arrest in a movie theater in Birmingham, England, whilst looking for his dropped mobile phone.
1: Oh, no. His
0: head got wedged under the electronic footrest of the seat.
1: What? What? Those things don't move very quickly though. <sighs> they sure don't. Ugh.
0: Elaine Hertzberg, forty nine of Tempe, Arizona, died after being hit by a self-driving car operated by Uber as she crossed the road. Ugh. In what was reported to be the first death of a pedestrian (laughs) struck by a self-driving car on a public road. In response to the fatal accident, Uber suspended self-driving car tests in all U.S. cities. Um, What I will tell you, which is what I already know about self-driving cars, is the issue with self-driving cars is that people make mistakes. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, all I can think is not, I'm not blaming this woman for her death. She was hit by a robot car. But I'm like, if it's not programmed to watch out for people except at a crosswalk and she was crossing somewhere... that that wasn't at a a crosswalk, crosswalk. it can't account for that. It cannot account for human error or for human judgment. And that's what makes them the most dangerous. Because if there were only self-driving cars on the road, they could all be programmed to work with one another. But if there's a self-driving car and a person, it can't accommodate for the choices that a person makes. For the asshole
1: choices that these awful Philly drivers make. Isn't
0: that wild to think about? Yeah. Yeah. Jennifer Riordan, 43, a passenger aboard Southwest Southwest Airlines Flight 1380, died after debris from an engine failure destroyed a window near her seat, and she was partially blown out through it. I didn't look into it more because I didn't want to know what partially blown out meant.
1: Yeah. I did That's a little scary. I didn't I, want I, I, to I know more. I assumed it's her head, like her top partially.
0: Right. I I assumed it's the top partially, correct, but I was like she wasn't
1: fully being She wasn't fully sucked
0: seat. out of it. Next to her? Oh! Sarah.
1: Would it be worse if you knew her or worse if she was a stranger? I don't know. Oh. I don't know. Wow. Uh, what if she was in the emergency seat, too, and that the emergency row and that happened? Who's going to save you if you're the one in the emergency row who's supposed to save everybody else? I hate it.
0: Linda Goldblum, 79, uh. died after being hit by a foul ball at Dodger Stadium. Her death was the first in nearly 50 years attributed to that. I'm only going to give you a couple more because I know <laughs> so much death. that we're talking about. You've got more stuff to talk about, but there's so many wild deaths and I love all of them. By love, I mean, I'm just like, oh my God, that's, that's so wild. Yulia Sharko 21 of Zabrinka Bolaris, was celebrating her 21st birthday with her friends when she tried to pull her two-year-old daughter out through the window of her car. I don't know why her daughter was in the car with the car on. Her daughter activated the window control button, closing no. the window no. and strangling Sharko. And the last one I have for you. Michael Kosinovich, 21, was crushed by a 2002 Lexus in Jamaica, or South Jamaica, Queens, New York City, after its owner started it by a remote control, which Val has remote control start on their car. Yeah. But it's not supposed to move.
1: Mm-mm. It
0: rolled backwards, mm. and uh, and a man was pinned between <gasps> the two vehicles. Bystanders tried to push them apart, but as they did so, the car rolled forward and crushed him again. <gasps> Kosnovich was taken to the hospital with severe trauma to his torso and legs and died of his injuries on the 7th of December.
1: Oh, that's rough.
0: That is rough. There are, I ended up, you know, I ended up cutting because there are so many of them. But there are at least two more about people just fucking carrying a glass and falling and the glass killed them.
1: No, I don't like that. And I don't like that.
0: The one that's yeah, I'm sorry. The one
1: that's You're gonna say one anyway. You're gonna tell me one anyway, even though I'm like I don't like that. You're like, cool, well here's another one.
0: So it's There it is. Not a person who dies from a glass. Stop, what
1: is it? No, I don't wanna know. What is it?
0: Um, I'm trying to find the the person specifically because I try to give the names of the people where they are. But there was a person who had a glass with a metal straw. I've
1: heard about those too. And they fell and impaled their eye and brain with the metal straw. Oh, I know. Mm.
0: And that's a real thing that happened.
1: Yeah, I only have one metal straw. I have only plastic straws. Not that it makes too much of a difference because it's still hard. And if I fell on it... (sighs) Anything's gonna take me out. Anything at this point. It could be frozen poop falling from the sky. It could be my mother-in-law's tombstone. It could be the glass of Chardonnay I'm using to wind down. Wind down after a hard day. It's it can just, be literally could be anything. anything. Hey, man.
0: If if Six Feet Under reminds me of anything, it's that we're all gonna die.
1: <laughs> this is a podcast called Deadtime. That called Time Stories. That's called Dead I don't Time know Stories. Why. I'm acting surprised. <laughs> but those are all. Real confirmed
0: verified recorded strange deaths. Those happened, and those have all happened in the last ten to fifteen years. And there are more.
1: People are. Dying. I was trying to wrap it up. People are just dying left and right. Left and right. You know what they say about cemeteries? They're full of dead people. People are just dying to get in there. <laughs> but I'm.
0: Before we talk about what you're talking about this week. We need a break. I need
1: I need a, a mindful break. I was going to say,
0: you know what would be really helpful right now?
1: Woo, girl.
0: Would be a magic mind.
1: That's Ooh, my magic sound. Is that your magic mind music? That's my magic mind sound. I like that. Have you I,
0: told the magic mind
1: people about it? Well, I do have a magic mind sound that I play. I'll play it again right here. That's it. Oh, that's nice. It's the perfect time for a magic mind. It's the absolute perfect time for a magic mind. In between a story about a whole bunch of people dying, I think I need a little bit of a pick-me-up and a boost. Yeah, man. There's nothing better. We
0: talk about wild stuff on this show, and we... Are supported by our creative aid that is our magic mind. Well, it's
1: creator aid. Creator aid. Creator aid. Mm -hmm. Creator aid. And it's. It's all good. It's It's, all good. uh, The most important part of that is aid because it is an aid. It's an aid, man. For my mind. It's got matcha.
0: It's got honey. There's nootropics. Nootropics, There's some. There's magic mushrooms, but not those kind of, not like the psilocybin magic mushrooms. That would be nice.
1: If they did do that, I would buy it. It's
0: a different kind of magic mushroom. That's correct.
1: Um, It pairs really well with like a little bit of caffeine because the L-theanine in it then grabs on to that in my layman's terms, caffeine and just amplifies it. So it helps out a lot. But it's also just a great little boost, you know, when you're talking about a whole bunch of people dying and then you're going to move on to another story about something scary
0: I like it it's got a it's fresh good. it's got a fresh little taste to it I like to do my little shot in the morning yeah and I know I'm gonna have especially when I know I'm gonna have a day full of like creative projects I'm gonna be working on my boojo I'm gonna be working on podcast research I'm gonna be putting stuff together
1: you need that little boost and I'm gonna get shot. supported
0: by Magic Mind and you can support us and Magic Mind by using our code
1: yeah guess what we're not just talking about it because we love it we're also talking about it because you can get a discount they're a motherfucking Money, 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 money back, please. So if you head right on over to www magicmind.co slash stories with a Z. With a Z, baby. You'll hit ours. And then if you use promo code stories20, stories20, when you check out, that'll give you 40% off a subscription and 20% off your first order. And give it a shot. It's definitely worth trying, at least if you don't want to commit to a full subscription. Use that code. Get 20% off your first order. Try those little green tea shots. Get your mind magicked. And enjoy that magic mind. Hey, man, I'll try anything trice. 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 Hey, man, I'll try anything twice. <laughs> hey, man, I'll try anything twice. And
0: you should try magic mind at least once with our discount code.
1: Yeah, give it a shot. Magic mind. Literally. Magic mind.
0: Sarah, what are you talking about this week?
1: So, Stephanie... For my story, I do want to give a little bit of a content warning, trigger warning, that this story will be dealing with themes of disordered eating.
0: Mm.
1: So I'm going to be telling you about a woman. Her name is Linda Hazard, and she ran a, she called it a sanitarium. I think of it as a wellness center called wilderness heights but it later became known as starvation heights oh geez like that's what they call themselves that's what the people of the town where the sanitarium was called that location i was like they called themselves that (sighs) they couldn't call themselves anything because they were starving so a little bit about linda (laughs) hazard I mean, she was a fucking hazard to know. Well, she wasn't born a hazard, but, you know, she got there eventually. (laughs) She She was born Linda Burfield. Born Linda Burfield in 1867 in Minnesota. Damn. Okay. Yeah. So we're dealing with this very early on, late 1800s. She's like, I was starving myself before it was cool. So she was one of nine kids born to two farmers. And weirdly enough, they were vegetarian. In the late 1800s, they were vegetarian. Like they would put meat on the table, but the kids weren't pressured to eat it. So when Linda was a kid, Linda dealt with a lot of like digestive issues, mm-hmm. um, tummy issues, etc. Reminder again, we're dealing with the late 1800s. Uh, one thing that I came across in my research that I think I knew a little bit about, but I surprisingly, weirdly enough, didn't dive into it more, which is that in the late eighteen, early eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds, there was this fascination, to a degree, with like poop, and like your digestive system. Sure. So they thought that everything, like your ailments and things that ailed you. It had to do with sort of your digestive system and getting these impurities out of your blood and out of your system. And if you've got all of this poop inside of you, like poop is nothing but toxins and bad and you need to get the poop out. And if you get the poop out, then you don't have bad things inside of you anymore. Sure. Right? Okay. We'll come back to that a little bit later. That's
0: how the devil gets out of you is through your butthole. It's no, through it, the poop.
1: It's how he gets in you too. <laughs> in um You don't want to put poop back inside of you, though, because then that is bad. Anyways. No,
0: but when you become a witch and you
1: kiss him on the butthole. You do have to kiss him on the butthole. But hopefully the devil is not a white man and he cleans his butthole. We we can only hope. Back to Linda. So when Linda was a child, again, she was born into this sort of like hippy-dippy family. And at some point or another, a doctor came through. Looked at Linda and maybe a few of her other siblings and basically said, listen, I'm going to prescribe you with these. They called them like blue pills, but essentially they were mercury pills. Oh and they gave Linda mercury pills, which cause you to poop a lot. It sure. basically evacuates your bowels. And so as a child, she's dealing with that. And it caused her to have a mistrust of, quote unquote, basic medical doctors. Sure. And to also see the evacuation of the bowels and the poop as maybe being a benefit and a positive when used the right way. And it sort of is the foundation formulation to what will ultimately become her Her treatment, her work, her calling, right? Lord. So we're going to skip a bit, brother, and we're going to get ahead My to when, in Christ. when Linda is 18 and Linda gets married because that's what you do. She gets married. She has two kids, but she's still sort of dabbling and learning these different homeopathic alternative medicine techniques.
0: And I get the feeling she's very fecal focused.
1: She, you know what? I think that that's yes. I, that I think that assessment? you're right. She's very fecal focused. And then later on, we're going to add another F to that list. And that is fasting focused. And it's like, look, I like to fast and feek. OK, those are my two things. I like to fast so that I have no fecal left. Mm. Yeah. Yes, we'll get into it. I'm, like, I'm, I'm going to poop out
0: my whole central ner- nervous system. I'm about to no like, food in there.
1: jump to the next thing. So, But that was Linda when she was a kid, right? That was like so, her thing. So she's reading a little bit more about this. She gets married. She has two babies. And then she looks around at her life and she says, you know what? This is not for me. And in true Nora from a doll's house fashion, she leaves her family. <laughs> Before it was a thing. She leaves. And she d- literally- and she takes the macarons with her. She's gone.
0: Um, mean, that was where I first heard of macarons was-
1: A doll's house? A doll's house. Aw. There you go.
0: Because <laughs> her husband really likes them. Yep.
1: That's like his treat that he it's loves. like his
0: thing. Yeah.
1: So that's why I was like, she left and she took the macarons. She did. She's like, I advocate for fasting, She's but like, I don't She's like, and I'm taking it. these little almond cookies. And you're keeping the kids. So she left, and she wants to pursue her career in alternative medicine. So at this point in time, she had discovered this book. And this book was called The Gospel of Health. And it was by a Dr. Edward Hooker, Edward Hooker Dewey. <laughs> Hooker Dewey? Dewey. He oh. sure Dewey. Dewey Hooker. Yay, Dewey. Yay, yeah, do. And he got The Gospel of Health. And in it, he discusses fasting. And so at this point, again, very early 1900s, like 1900, people are now talking about fasting and benefits of fasting and benefits of essentially if your if your tummy's all fucked up, just stop putting stuff in your tummy. Right. She reads this book and Linda is like, oh, love it this is me now yes i'm fasting. i'm a fasting person this is it and she, she's like now this is my whole personality this is my calling and she formulated her cure-all so she took a little bit of what she learned from his book and she claimed no. to have studied under him right and i studied under him by reading by his reading book. his book Duh. Well, very much like our good old John R. Brinkley, Doctor, not Doctor. At this point in time, becoming a doctor was subjective, and it very much did she started calling upon- herself Doctor. Uh, absolutely, she did. <laughs> Absolutely, you know she, did. she did. She is doctor, not Dr. Linda Hazard. And I will spoiler alert later on down the line when she finally goes to trial. She's reported as telling the news articles and news outlets that were talking about her that her name is Dr. Linda, Dr. Hazard. Mrs. Hazard is her mother-in-law because she's a doctor. She's also very charismatic like she is she is a a white woman who is charismatic who she left her whole family behind to pursue this career like she's got moxie going
0: all in on putting
1: nothing in
0: her tummy
1: as we keep talking about her and what she does. I can't even imagine what this woman would have been like in today's age with social media as an outlet. Oh, God keep it in mind. Linda develops her cure-all and her thought process is since disease at this point in time is thought to be caused by impure blood and you have impure blood because you have impaired digestion. So you're not processing food right and so it's getting into your like toxins or getting into your bloodstream sure. and that's making you sick and all you need to do was stop eating so that your digestive system could fast it's and you be cleansed. <laughs> all you need to
0: do, Mark, all you need to do, Hoffman, is starve yourself. Is starve
1: yourself. Now, to a degree, some people did experience benefits from this, but that's because at the time we didn't have words for celiac disease. Sure. We didn't have words for lactose intolerance. So, of there course, there were a lot of
0: food intolerances, food intolerances that people and and didn't, didn't understand know. at that time.
1: So, of course, if you stop eating, including all the bread, if you've you're been eating, eating bread
0: every day and you have celiac disease, you're like, oh my God, she's right. Not eating amazing. was so good for me.
1: This is so great. Sure. So, there are certain things that are correct in in the, the basic hey man. principle of what she's thinking. Broken clock is right twice a day. <laughs> exactly. And for some people, it worked. And for a lot of but other people... But not for the reason that they thought it was working.
0: Exactly. Right. And for a lot of other people...
1: Now, Linda also had, on top of just that basic principle of you fast and you're hitting the reset button on your digestive system, like you're just clearing it out. Sure. She added a few extra, you know, spices, salt bay embellishments... Sure. ...to her cure-all. And that was... For her treatment, you fasted for, at minimum, she usually recommended 40 days. 40? Four, zero. 40 days, eating only small amounts of tomato or asparagus juice.
0: Those people had some
1: stanky ass
0: pee. And when I
1: say juice, I don't mean, like, tomato soup or asparagus juice. I mean, she would just, like, boil the tomatoes or the asparagus and then strain it and give you that like water. broth like hot tomato water hot asparagus water and sometimes you got orange juice so the other thing you see in these ingredients is a lot of acidity mm. which is bad for the body especially
0: a body with an empty tummy a body if with you're an just empty adding tummy adding acid to your yes. stomach acid oh my god that's what she said and then she she's said, like, yeah, you're going to melt your body away from the inside with all of the acid. It's going to be great. You're going to cure you're gonna everything. you poop your internal organs that have melted.
1: Then you had to walk. So you walked multiple miles a day. No matter how tired you were, mm-hmm. you were walking. So you had to walk. You got massages given to you by Linda herself. And when I say massage, I don't mean massage. I mean she beat the fuck out of you. She would they people described it as pummeling where she would just pummel her patients with her fists on their back, on their front, on their shoulders, on their forehead, on their head, all over their body. She would just beat the fuck out of them for these massages for like hours on end. And then the other thing she did. Oh, also, apparently, while she was beating them and massaging them, she would exclaim, eliminate, eliminate eliminate is she
0: a fucking robot from doctor who i don't know i'm trying to remember like there's the daleks that say exterminate and then <laughs> i'm trying to remember what the cybermen
1: say i, don't, I mean I, does she think she's some type of a like right witch like i don't know what she's doing The other thing, the cherry on top, or I should say the cherry on bottom, is she also required them to do daily enemas. Oh, yeah, of course. Hour-long enemas. She's like, don't
0: eat, but douche your butthole real hard Don't eat, but
1: we are going to flush your digestive system with water for hours on end every single day. We're going to fill you with the only nutrients you get are going to be from highly acidic foods. You're going to walk like crazy. I'm going to beat the fuck out of you, and then I'm going to give you an enema To rinse everything out of your digestive system. And then once you do that for about a month, everything's going to be cured. Stephanie, that's it. That's all you have to do. (laughs) All you have to do. And pay her a whole bunch of money and of usually sometimes when you're so dehydrated and so out of it you'll like sign over executor of your will and your estate that doesn't her. say and some, like, like, power of attorney shit and you know maybe you'll like give her all of your jewelry but you know it's all for the cure sure right sure so this is her treatment jesus 1898 is when she left her husband and her kids and she moved to minneapolis to start her career in 1902, her first patient died. The coroner determined that this patient died from starvation. Now, this time, this first patient, all of the people moving forward, Linda did all of the, Um, she was the mortician. She was the coroner, did the autopsy. But for this first patient, she was not. So the coroner did the autopsy. They said, this person died from starvation. You need to look at Linda. Linda, look at Linda. And Linda's sitting over there. Mind you, she's wearing this dead woman's jewelry, her expensive rings, and Linda's like, I don't know. I think it was cancer. It had to have been cancer. I don't know what she did. I don't know. I don't understand. It must have been cancer. And because Linda was not technically a doctor, she could not be prosecuted because this woman willingly went to Linda and willingly took this treatment This is the other through line that we're going to see up until the very end, is that because these people are doing this willingly, which I'll then draw a parallel to Teal Swan and her whole situation, can you really charge someone if all they're doing is providing... A service and an idea and a quote unquote treatment, but you're the one who's willingly choosing to go and do it and adhere yeah. to it. And you're the one who's saying, I don't want to eat. I do want to follow this. I don't want to leave. Then how is it that person's. But that's what a fault. cult is. Yes. That's literally a cult. She basically does everything except completely create a cult because they just keep dying. She just keeps killing them off.
0: So it's not that she doesn't create a cult. It's just that her methodology is one that also might kill them. It so, like, them. They join the cult, but they might not last very long in the cult because they die.
1: But she gets all their money and alienates them from their family. And Which... she's charismatic and they follow her. And she has
0: them making choices that are against their own best interests.
1: And they'll do it because by the time she comes to them, they are 20 days without food. They are dehydrated. They've been walking miles a day. They've been getting beaten every day. They've been getting enemas, hourly enemas. Enemas are awful. They hourly are awful. enemas? Yes. You're there for over an hour. Yes. Yeah. In, ni- in the 1900s. How often? Every day. If you're at her facility and you're doing this with her, every day. So she lost the first one. In 1904 she meets Sam Hazard the man of her dreams there he is. I'm sorry the con man of her dreams Oh he's also a con man? Oh he sucks He uh, if anything is a red flag it's his last name and then everything else is just a Of course it is So he's a drunk he's a swindler and when she meets him he's already married Of course he is He's got a wife named Viva Oh girl and he then met Linda. He's hanging out with Linda. And one day he comes back to Viva and he introduces Linda to Viva. And he says, I'd like you to meet Linda, my wife. My wife. To his actual current wife. And Viva's like, I'm sorry, what? And he said, oh, yeah, that marriage between me and you, it's not real. That was a sham. Oh my God. Now, a lot of women would just let that go. But Viva came from money. She came From a politician's family. She was like, you can't do this to me. She said, you can't do this to me. And so she took him to court for bigamy. And he was found guilty of bigamy. And he was sentenced to two years in prison. And Linda was like, I'll stand by my man. And she waited those two years while he was in prison for him to get out on bigamy charges. She stood by him. So when Sam... Then got out and finished his sentence in 1906. They moved out to Seattle, Washington. Yeah, they did. Land of the white people who love alternative medicine. 1908, Linda killed Lenora Wilcox. Daisy Hagland also died that year. She died after doing a 50 day fast. She was 38 years old when she died, and she left behind a three year old son named Ivar Haglund, who would later go on to create an incredibly famous seafood restaurant chain in Seattle called Ivar's. Ivar. So he created a very famous seafood restaurant, and his mom died from starvation self induced starvation. (sighs) She also killed Ida Wilcox that year. Also in 1908, she wrote her book. So by the time she wrote and published her book, she had at least four kills under her belt. And her book is called Fasting for the Cure of Disease. In 1909, she knocked out Blanche Tyndall, Viola Heaton, and Eugene Wakelin. But, side bit about Eugene, everyone else before Eugene obviously died from starvation. Eugene, however, he woke up with a bullet in his head.
0: No, Jesus! His head.
1: So like a lot of these www. people. That
0: does the Eugene Yes, the is yes,
1: yes. So Eugene, like a lot of her victims, came to her and she thought that he had money because he did come from a rich family. So he's doing this fast with her. And then the thought is that she found out that he did not have the amount of money that she thought he had. Mm-hmm. And he's here doing these fasts and he's not dying. So they found his body 3 weeks after he died. They found his body at the base of a cliff on her property with a bullet hole to the two bullet holes to the back of the head. They ultimately ruled the death a suicide. What? Because Linda did the autopsy. What? And Linda had gained power of attorney. Jesus Christ. So Eugene was ruled a suicide and Eugene died. In 1910, she also killed Maud Whitney and Earl Edward, Earl Edward Erdman. It's Damn. quite a name. Now, Earl is one to talk about because Earl kept a diary of what he ate while he was there. So we can get a little bit of a glimpse into what every day looked like. So when Earl started seeing Linda, it was the very beginning of February. It was February 1st of 1910. His first entry in his diary says, saw Dr. Hazard and began treatment this date. No breakfast, mashed soup dinner, and mashed soup supper. So it goes on about the same. Mashed soup. Mashed soup, which is basically like that vegetable soup. So it goes through basically for the next week or so where he has one orange for breakfast and then that soup for lunch, soup for dinner. Same thing. We go through. We get through almost all of February. It hits about the middle of February, February 16th. And his entry reads one cup of hot strained tomato soup in the morning and the p.m. I slept better last night, head quite dizzy, eyes yellow and streaked red. On the 19th, it said I called my other doctor today at his home and slept well tonight. February twentieth, he said he ate strained juice of two small oranges at ten a.m. and was dizzy all day. And ate strained juice of two small oranges at five p.m. Bro, so it's not enough. Four oranges. Just for the having fucking day. oranges is not gonna work for you, man. Next day, he complains of suffering from a backache today, just below the ribs. Backache. The next day, on the twenty-third, he said he went for a walk and felt very bad. Again, shocking eating. It goes on all that way until the 26, where he writes an entry that says, did not sleep so well. Pain in right side, just below ribs and back. Pain quits in the night. I ate one and a half cups of tomato broth in the morning. Two and a half small oranges at 430. Felt better in the afternoon. And then on the 28th of March, he kept going about this diet. He went to the hospital yeah, and he got to the hospital and they were like, holy shit, we got to do something for you. The first thing we're going to do is we're going to give you a blood transfusion because your body is not making blood. And right before they were able to administer the blood transfusion, he died. Oh man. Yeah, he did. He died. And when Earl died, the Seattle Daily Times paper ran a headline that said "Woman MD kills another patient." So people knew. Right, I'm like, so who's going to do something about it? No one. Nobody. Patients kept coming. So keep in mind again, it's it's this whole demographic of People looking for this cure-all, looking for this help. And then you get this woman who's charismatic, who says she's got it for you. And you've got a handful of people being like, I did it and I feel great. I feel amazing. And they just keep coming to her. Ivan Flux is another one in 1910. He's an Englishman who came to America to buy a ranch. His dream. He had a nice little chunk of change. He came over here. He wanted to buy a ranch. She roped him in. He fasted for 53 days until he died. Linda had gotten God damn. I know. Linda had gotten access to his estate, and when his family came over, they found that he only had seventy dollars left to his name. She had <sighs> drained him and his entire estate before he died. At the time, the Seattle Health Director said he couldn't do anything to Linda because she was able to gain a homeopathic doctor's license when she moved to Washington. Because Washington was like, dope, we're into that, sure, go ahead. And her patients were there, getting treatment, willingly. In 1911, she began working on her dream, the sanitarium. Ooh, girl. The sanitarium was going to be in Olala, which is a small immigrant town, just a ferry ride away from Seattle, so very close, And she would call her facility Wilderness Heights. Now, it sounds really nice and it sounds really intriguing. It's basically one big house that Linda was living in and like a few small tiny cabins on a plot of land. It's nothing fancy. But she was ready for it. And then at this point in this story, we enter the Williamson sisters. I'm ready. And the Williamson sisters will also begin, will be the beginning of Linda's downfall. Claire and Dorothea, also goes by Dory, or Dora. Claire and Dorothea are sisters that are in their early thirties. They're from Britain, and they're orphans. Mm-hmm. And they are loaded. Yeah, they are. They have so much money. Basically, they've their got whole that. Life. They've got that British orphan money. They got that double income only kids money because there's no parents. They had family, but they had no. Their parents had died. Sure. They were very close. They traveled all around the world. They got in adventures together. And they they had been quoted at one point as saying, why in the world would I get married when all I want to do is hang out with my sister? Why would I marry a man? True, man. When I just want to hang out with my sister. So real. But also like a lot of rich white women, they were very susceptible and into any type of alternative medicine. And they were like, goop on it you want me to put what you want me to put a jade egg in my pussy i will do it <laughs> that was them they were like i'm in sure it. they didn't have i want to try all the things they didn't necessarily have any actual ailments or illnesses they you know they were like if i could get something so that i can sleep like a baby and maybe not feel anxious like that's great we'll so they it. were seeking we'll it out it. everywhere
0: sure they were seeking an arrangement everywhere they went <laughs>
1: An arrangement of please fix of me i have nothing wrong but accept too much money so one day, Claire read an advertisement for Linda's book, Fasting, the Cure for Disease. Claire's like, well, I have a disease I need a cure for. Ugh. She orders the book. She reads it. And Claire's like, this is me now. Yeah. And the sisters made plans to travel to Washington. They planned to stay in the luxurious Wilderness Heights Sanatorium and finally get their miracle. And that's where we're going to leave it Finally. off. Finally. We're going to leave it off there this week. Linda's got about a 10 or so kills under her belt, and the Williamson sisters are heading on over to Washington to try and get their final cure-all. Next week, we'll hear what happens. Yeah, we will. Next week on Dead Time Stories. Are you going to give any kind of like preview
0: or anything? I don't know.
1: Sometimes, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, Sometimes, I'm thinking. you know, cuz sometimes you're no, like, no, I no, have no, three no, words no, for you. Okay, so next week on the on on Dead Time Stories, two sisters go in, one makes it out. How did they get there? What happens? And is that really the end of the story?
0: What do they know? Do they know things? Let's, Let's find out. out.
1: Well, thank you for listening to our show today. Thank you so much. We had, you
0: know, we had fun times talking about stories. Lots of people died. We've got more people dying and stories next week. We sure do. You should totally support our podcast, first of all, by going to our Patreon. We have yep. a Patreon at patreon.com backslash Stories with Z, all one word, where we have different tiers with merch and bonus content and all sorts of... Excuse me, I, I apologize. My
1: goodness. All
0: sorts of cool bonus shit for you to check out and support our show. We also have merch on our website, Deadtime Stories, with a Z, all one word, dot com. But there are totally cool, awesome things you can do to support our show that don't cost you any money. One of those examples is emailing us at deadtimestories with a Z at gmail.com. But the best way you can support our show that doesn't cost you any money is to give us five stars anywhere where you listen to podcasts. So if you listen on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, on Google Play, on SoundCloud, any of those places where they're like, yeah, do you like this? Would you tell other people about it? I mean a review is great
1: www.dothereviewthepodcast.com
0: um maybe yes. you better <laughs>
1: eventually eventually
0: <laughs> um, but even if you don't write a review like you can just give us a star rating and you don't have to write a review if that makes you feel some type of way but Writing review helps us out and helps people find our show and it helps support the podcast. And that's it, man. Makes us feel
1: warm and fuzzy inside. So, Absolutely. you know get so it done. Follow up with that. We'll do it.
0: And that's it, man. I'm Stephanie. Yeah. I'm Sarah. And this has been Dead, Dead Time Stories. Time. Thank you for listening. Dead Time Stories is hosted by Sarah Heddens and Stephanie C. Ferguson. Music and editing by Eric Gershnow. Artwork by Rennie Slackman.